The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Ogbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. I'm Kuule Ogbayani alongside Paul Brecht. Happy Aloha Friday. Happy Eve. Oh, no, it's not the Eve to the Christmas Eve yet, but it feels like that because it is the weekend and the Hawaii Bowls tomorrow. And it just I'm so thrown off right now, you guys, with the, the date changes of the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic and the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. But nonetheless, hope you guys have had a great week so far. I can tell everyone is already off of work because my drive in today was like record time. I think I got here in like 10 minutes and hit almost all green lights barely any cars so yeah you guys are enjoying your day off or maybe you're out at the mall and doing your last minute Christmas shopping but nonetheless even our even Taizo for the traffic report basically is like oh yep everything's clear even Eva everything is clear so at least uh yeah stay wet weather though so please drive safe but no traffic this morning it feels like and yeah this is what we like to see because We'll be out at the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic again. We'll hear from UH men's basketball head coach Aranga Nat in just a little bit. Uh, coming up on the show, we'll obviously talk some basketball, give you a really quick update on some Hawaii football. I don't, I don't want to say it's news, but some inklings, I guess you can say, would be the best possible way to put it because we are still technically waiting for that last signee to come in. But I saw Coach Roman post something that I believe that that's what it means. I don't know. We'll tell you guys about it. And then we'll talk a little bit of NFL and college football as we do have a bunch of bowl games this weekend, including, as I mentioned, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl featuring Chevin Cordero and the San Jose State Spartans. And they'll take on Coastal Carolina tomorrow at 530 at the Clarence T. C. Ching Athletics Complex. So we hope to see you guys there as well. So we'll talk a little bit about the bowl games coming up. And yes, the NFL is, man, I can't believe NFL season is almost pow. And we're going to head into Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Paul, Who even cares about football? Yeah. <laughs> Who cares about the NFL College football is where it's at anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm fully dive, diving into that green team, the Bows. <laughs> exactly. You're dumping the other green team for now, and we're going all in on the, the green that. team. <laughs> they, actually, they actually make me so miserable. <laughs> Big game this weekend, though, for the Dallas Cowboys as they play the Miami Huge. Dolphins. You can hear if you got it if you're driving around on your Christmas Eve, you can listen to that game right here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Broadcast begins at 10:45 in the morning. So, huge game and there is just so much parallel right now with all these NFL teams because we've seen the top teams lose and then you see the Bills go to being the Bills that I think they are and then they win these games and I'm like how do you win these games and you have all this stuff and then you have you know Shannon Sharp talking out of his Okole about Tua Tagovailoa and I'm like everybody loves to talk about Tua how does this man still have luckily Dan Orlovsky and the other guy was like actually professional and knew what they were talking about but eh, that's kind of Shannon Sharp just like Stephen A. Smith that's kind of just like their gimmick so whatever Unk's great Unk likes to get (laughs) some ratings at times as well Uh, either way Dallas Cowboys versus Miami Dolphins it's another one of those matchups where it's like after seeing this season go through so far you're like hey maybe this could be the final matchup 
And then all of a sudden, both teams kind of hit some speed bumps. The Dolphins, everybody's like, oh, can they beat good teams? Uh, the Cowboys get waxed last week, which was very strange <laughs> for them. So that's why. It's weird. Big game on Christmas. So again, we'll talk about bowl games, NFL. But first, want to get into the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic as Hawaii is in the semifinals today, beating Portland 69-56. Jovan McClanahan, not a lot of points, but definitely a change from what we saw last game in terms of turnovers with this team and Jovan dishing out seven assists zero turnovers that's what exactly we like to see weren't really on the free throw line very much surprisingly so but as a team yeah yeah Yeah, I'm like oh that's that that was the final you know like of the free throw line four for six that was that's probably (laughs) Coach Gannat was a little surprised. I don't want to say surprised by it, but he made mention of it in his post-game presser. I don't know if it's in what the beautiful people hear today during the show, but you know, he he also was a little bit surprised by it because I mean, Portland, to their credit, Portland played a real quality game. They mm-hmm. they gave the Bows some issues at times, and at the end of the day, there's a reason that Hawaii is eight and two. Exactly. Well, this is what head coach Iran Ganat had to say following that win to open up the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. Yeah, no, really pleased with the win. Uh, great tournament, great field, great coaches, great programs, and every game is going to be a battle. And we had a lot of respect for Portland going in. Um, I thought they did a great job early. We had to weather a lot. The biggest thing I'm proud of is we weathered a lot. We didn't shoot it well early. We are a great shooting team. And so I know I've said this before that I like that we were still aggressive. It's different when you take bad ones. We, we had some good looks early, um, but they stuck with it. You know, Robertson got us early, uh, but they stuck with it. And so that's a big part of our maturity. Um, and they're a dynamic team, and they did some different things. They switched out everything, um, got us a little bit stagnant at times. But I'm glad we were still aggressive. I'm glad we stuck with the post defense. We mixed some things up. Obviously, put Justin on. He's a heck of a player. They're a heck of a team. Um, but I'm just really proud of how we weathered the storm early and probably how we weathered that worst basketball one, and a half, one minute and a half in the second half from us and came back with maybe our best three-minute stretch. We're getting better. Things might not go your way, but all that matters are we're processed. Are we improving? Are we putting ourselves in a position? Are guys coming together? You know, we're getting better. I think each game we've gotten better. Now, there are always going to be these stretches. I mean, I'm surprised by that stretch in the second half we had. And credit them because they took it to us when we took some bad shots and were a little off balance. But, you know, the guys settled down and had, like I said, a great stretch in the second half. So, um, you, know, you know, we have to weather also not getting to the line. You know, we do a great job getting to the line. We did it. Um, and that's part of it, part of their switch and keeping us in front. And so we have to find different ways to be impactful. And, and I appreciate that we did. It was great to see Matt Cotton uh, when he's aggressive like that. He gives us another dynamic. I thought Bernardo was awesome. Um, a lot of guys. And, and Ryan Rapp gave us a lift in the first half. Javon didn't shoot the ball particularly well. What did you think of what he gave you otherwise? I think for the last stretch, and obviously he's just taking it to another level. His attitude leadership the last week or two, he just, and, and sometimes it might not be felt in the numbers, although the seven assists, no turnovers, the defense, um, he's, he's giving it everything he has, and, and we feed off that. So, you know, there's so many different ways, like we said, to impact in the game, and he was very impactful for maybe a guy who didn't score as much. Uh, but, but running the team, um, and they made an adjustment to really picking up full court. I thought we handled the press well late. Um, like I said, we need to be a team that has different ways to make an impact, and we need to have players who 
can make an impact in different ways, and Javon's doing that. You guys shot, uh, you know, 44.3% from the field, 35% from the three. 66% from free throw line. Just your thoughts on this? Well, again, the free throws, are, you know, if anything, I, you know, we, we're a good free throw shooting. We haven't had a great free throw shooting in the last couple uh, games, but just like I said earlier about the shoot, we want to keep getting to the line. That's the probably way to get to the line. We'll look at that. Um, we got to be stronger and get in the paint, and that's a credit to them. They did a good job not letting us get in the, cr- in the cracks and the creases. Um, but, you know, the three-point percentage, we were one for nine or something to start. So I'm glad our guys kept shooting. We probably shot over for you the rest of the way. Um, I like to see that. So, you know, we probably want to be a little higher from the field, but if we all see the first five minutes, we might have, the fact that we ended up with those percentages is pretty impressive. Yeah, talk about those first five minutes. What's, oh, what's my the goodness. biggest difference? Just... <laughs> what was the biggest difference, you know, coming out at the start of the game and coming out in halftime? Because I think a lot of people can watch the starts of both halves and see two very quick uh, yeah, different you know, teams. Different teams in terms of result, but not to even different teams in approach. I think we know our team pretty well. We know and it's hard. It's one of the hardest things as a coach, as a player, to stay with it when and, and when you hear, like, oh, man, you weren't ready to go. Well, we just miss, miss some shots. Now, sometimes that might be the case. I know that when we're not playing with passion, energy, uh, fight, scrap, that's when we're not. That's when I'm concerned. But I think the first half, we just and give them credit. We missed some open looks. And, and then, you know, we took some bad ones off an offensive rebound. I remember that. And we addressed in the time. And I thought we were pretty good the rest of the way other than that second-minute stretch. But a good part of being a, a great program is, is doing a good job to start the second half, too. And I thought the guy set the tone for sure to start the second half. You had to make that early adjustment on Robertson. Was the Robertson you saw on film different from the Robertson you saw in the first five minutes? And the Robertson I've seen for a long time. I mean, he's a dynamic player. He can play inside and out. He's smart as heck. Um, Plays with great pace. He gets to the line where he's a great free throw shooter. That's why I'm I'm glad we did a good job with him. But don't think for a second that was easy. And don't think for a second that doesn't wear you down on both ends, and and whether individually or collectively. And I like to think we do that, too. So... um, you know, I think that's where teams will have to make a decision because he can post you. And, and so I thought Noel did a good job on him. And the fact that we moved different guys on him helped. You know, Justin stepped up in the second half. And, you know, hopefully over the course of the game, um, we wore him down a little bit. But, you know, just like I said about Javon and other guys, he can be impactful in every game because of his versatility. You guys played Georgia Tech. Uh, a few years ago, right, at this uh, event. What, yeah. what do they present now? I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Um, different. Yeah, so it's going to be a totally different team than this was, what, 2019 maybe? Which would make sense that they're in the 2023. I'm good at math four years later. Um, you know, our guys have done a great job. It's a different program, different staff, um, but dynamic team in, in different ways. So obviously they're off to a great start. You know, they beat, won it, beat Duke. Um, you know, Damon's done a great job wherever he's been, and he's doing a great job there now. Um, you know, our, our staff, as you know the deal, the staff, like, you know, we tell them not to skip steps. I don't skip steps. Our staff does a great job in prep. It'll be us first and them. Um, they'll, I'll catch up to our staff on Georgia Tech, other than I know how physical they are and our ability to get to the line and how their dynamic their personnel is and how, you know, battle-tested they've already been already in, 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 in Coach Stoudemire's first year. So all these games, our challenges. Uh, winner's bracket, loser's bracket. Believe me, there are going to be a lot of battles. So yeah, Matthew Cotton, as far as uh, offense, he's not always been a star like tonight, but defensively, game in, game out, has he been one of your anchors uh, well, defensively? Yeah, and I, it's great to just see him aggressive, and that gives us another, because he can do it. He's a great shooter. 
he's experienced. But remember, he had to go through, you know, some guys, sometimes it's the freshman adjustment, sometimes the transfer. He's one of those guys that's a transfer that didn't play a year before. So it's good to see. Sometimes you, you put yourself in a position, and the next tier you can get to is when you have some breakthrough minutes and live action. You know, this is the second or third game now that he's had a double-figure scoring night. And, you know, he saw his, his potential as a shooter, as a driver, as a rebounder, and, and it's great to see. So, uh, But in terms of his attitude, character, that's been steady. Sometimes you need the breakthroughs to come with it, and I'm happy for and that was UH men's basketball head coach Aron Ganat following their 69-56 win over Portland to advance to the semifinals of the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. And as he wrapped up there, uh, he was talking about Matthew Cotton, who was the leading scorer with 15 points. And you can tell exactly what he's saying. Maybe it was a little bit of that rust or whatnot. Almost he kind of alluded to just like freshmen have where maybe Matthew Cotton was similar because I made note so many times after that St. Mary's game. He was the one that surprised me the most in a bad way at that after that game because I'm like, man, he just looked the look in his eyes looked lost. Deer in the headlights. Yeah. And from where I saw him from that game to now how I see him fa- his face in the last two games against Nevada and Portland, just night and day. He has kind of like that you know, that swag type of he's smiling a lot after he makes the shots or a good play. You can tell he's a little more free and it's reflecting in his game. And I always bring that up where when you play your best, when you're not wor- or like over concerned about stuff and you just play. So it's good to see that Matthew Cotton is starting to like feel like in the zone and in his own now and figuring it out because it's totally showing because the athleticism is there. I mean, this guy just has some hops and like he's so incredibly fun to watch. And I can't like I'm so excited for how much more or how much better he could essentially get like throughout the season. But he he was phenomenal last night. And this is in addition, right, to our usual players like a Noel Coleman, Bernardo De Silva. They each had 14 and they looked great as well. And you have someone like Jovan where, all right, if he doesn't put up, you know, a lot Seven of points, assists, no he's still, exactly, he still does his thing in delegating the game like he, his job is. And then you have Justin McCoy. And this team is just so fun to watch. And that's just the starters. Then you have people like Juan Munoz coming off the bench and how he mentioned Ryan Rapp gave them a little bit of a spark. And it's stuff that you and I kind of talked about in the very beginning is that, you know, if as long as everyone stays healthy, this team the makeup of this team is set up to win and the depth that they have is insane yeah they really come at you in waves it's something that we talked about a lot with the women's team as well but it's something that the men's team you just see score after score after score it's nice to see you mentioned Bernardo da Silva finishes with 14 points as well where you look at him, he's had double-doubles in three of his last four games, two straight now. Mm-hmm. He's scored in double digits in four consecutive games. He's starting to come into his own as the Bows get into the meat of their schedule, and that's going to be important going forward. Noel Coleman has just been the epitome of consistency. Mm-hmm. He's been in double digits, I believe, nine of their ten contests this year. And the one game he wasn't, I think he finished with eight So he's been outstanding. And then you mentioned Matthew Cotton, who it is such a noticeable difference when he plays with confidence and when he's having fun out there. Mm -hmm. Because you said it, when he's out there just playing, not thinking, not doing anything, 
the best thing that I saw was Zor Ned commenting on the Hawaii Athletics post, or maybe it was uh, in conjunction with the Hawaii Men's Basketball Instagram, <laughs> of that uh, a tomahawk slam last night from Matt with the left coming down the lane, and it really was impressive. Oh, Zor so comments good. on it. He goes, when we get LeBron... <laughs> and it was uh, well, like how I always been saying, he's built like Michael Jordan. And like, that's physically. the thing where he is such an athlete, and the talent is there. And as he's coming off, and you know, he his final year at Yale, he missed because of shoulder surgery, right? And he comes with this grad year, and off of a year of rust, he has to move across the country about five thousand miles to play with a brand new team and a brand new system. Yeah, it's going to take a little time to settle in. And now that he is, it only gives another weapon to Hawaii because you mention it. You have Juan Munoz coming off the bench who, I mean, this guy is and unstoppable. he's still healing in a way. I mean, obviously, he's, clearly clear to play, but like coming off of the Achilles tear and really getting game ready and getting your reps in, I mean, it's just, he's it's it's nasty, as the young kids say, like Paul. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really has been awesome to see Juan enjoy a, a nice non-conference start to the year, and I, I hope it definitely continues for him. But overall, just what you expect to see from Hawaii. Different guys contributing in different ways on any given night. And if UH wants to defend their Diamond Head Classic title, they're going to need an effort similar again tonight against Georgia Tech. And if they do win, they'd need a similar effort again in the championship game on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and as you kind of heard a little bit in that post game, they will face Georgia Tech. And the last time they met was in the 2019 Diamond Head Classic in the third place game with Georgia Tech winning 70-53. to so we'll keep an eye on that. And in the other semifinal will be Nevada and TCU, which will be a... Very, very fun, high level, very athletic game because both teams, I think TCU might be slightly athletic and Jamie Dixon, I never count him out as a coach, but watching those two teams yesterday, I'm like, I'm really excited. I'm hoping I can get out there for to watch that semifinal. If not, you can watch it on like ESPN or ESPN Plus, but that semifinal is at noon today and then Hawaii and Georgia Tech at 6 o'clock p.m. tonight, but Nevada TCU, if Hawaii beats Georgia Tech, they'll have their hands full with either team. Will it be a rematch? I know in this studio we're hoping for a Hawaii TCU championship because of uh, Paul's ties to TCU and his <laughs> friend that works over there, but you guys, like, I if you're a basketball college basketball fan, I would definitely recommend watching this Nevada TCU game because I don't even know what to expect. Both teams are built somewhat similar, that's why. So I'm curious to see who comes out on top. Yeah, big, athletic, fast teams, a lot of fun. And it's going to be a great semifinals for this tournament. Coach Cannot talked about it yesterday in his availability where there's not a bad team in this tournament. You're not going into any game where you're like, wow, thank God we're playing this game. Even in the consolation bracket, it's not a guaranteed walk in the park. So at this point, the Bows are march building, they're resume building. <laughs> you know, a win against Georgia Tech, that's an ACC school. A win against one of these one-loss opponents on the other side, then you're really sitting pretty as you fly into non-conference play. 
that's kind of what we want to see. Yeah, you know? and hopefully Georgia Tech's a little tired. I mean, they squeaked by their win last night against UMass. 73-70. Meanwhile, on the other end, as the semifinal, both teams kind of had pretty easy wins over their counterparts. All right, way past the clock, but that's what happens when we start talking about college basketball especially when we win especially when we win it's hard to not like it's hard to stop talking about it obviously if it results in a loss then it's just okay let's just move on a little bit but when we win good vibes only in the studio and yeah hopefully we'll see you guys at the stand later tonight but we've got to take a break we'll be back on wake up in the den Number one day of Christmas, my tutu give to me. On mine a bird in one papaya tree. Wake up in the den with Kule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Number three day of Christmas, my tutu give to me. Hope everyone's gonna get everything they want for Christmas. Welcome back, Kule Agbayani and Paul Brecht. All right, hopefully we see you guys out at the stand tonight and Sunday now, and hopefully Sunday is for a championship game. Uh, I mentioned it before, like, and when I was talking to my fellow, you know, diehard men's basketball fans, we all share the same sentiment on, what are we going to do on Christmas? <laughs> this feels really you know, weird. You watch the Bows winning yeah. uh, back to back. Probably. We're like, this is where we're supposed to be. Or hopefully rewatching the Bows winning on Christmas Eve. So we'll see. But nonetheless, tomorrow uh, is the easy post. I always have to remember. What is it? I still want to say Sheraton. So, That's like the okay. old school Sheraton Hawaii Bowl. I'm like, what is it again? Easy post Hawaii Bowl tomorrow at the Clarence TCJ Athletics Complex. Bad job by me. Question. Do you know what Easy Post is? I think it's what it sounds like. Like it's some type of shipping thing. Because So I asked this question the other day in my apartment and nobody had an answer for me. And I, I, I was too lazy to look it up. I was just like, I was curious because it feels like there could be a few different things. Easy Post, like my immediate thought is Post-it notes. <laughs> but then like shipping makes total sense yeah but then you have like postmates which is like a food service mm. so i don't know sorry for the tangent for no, all the people so who love the the hawaii bowl and want to talk about coastal versus uh san jose state and Chevin returning but i was just i'm like sitting here thinking i'm like what what is easy post yeah easy post create label tool is powered by our shipping api the most powerful shipping solution on the market I don't, I don't so, actually yeah. follow that. I, I heard a shipping tool and Some I heard a label maker. Too. Yeah. Whatever, Whatever API is that solves complex logistics problems for e-commerce businesses, enabling them to deliver an online shopping dot, dot, dot. Pulling back the curtain real quick. The <laughs> only reason I care. Um, the way that I write, I try and add in quirky little references to stuff like uh, that. So if I could make some play on words to Easy Post, that that is why I was curious. Got just it. so the be- just to wrap it all together for the beautiful people. <laughs> so uh, everyone's not like, what are we? Yeah, why why on? are we on this tangent? <laughs> why is he curious about that? That is why I was curious about it. So a bunch of bowl games, obviously tomorrow. Uh, in addition to the Coastal Carolina and San Jose State matchup in the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, which is. The last game of the day, no surprise there, in Hawaii at 5.30. San Jose State favored by nine. And Chevin Cordero's 
last I feel like these days though you can never say it's like their last hurrah this is like they'll find some way to play again <laughs> last hurrah co- collegiately anyways for Shevin so uh, I mean which is it works out great for the Hawaii Bowl and the fact that it is not on Christmas Eve because I feel like we'll probably get a good crowd everyone's gonna go out support Shevin and yeah again not on Christmas Eve so that's good other games going on you have the famous Idaho Potato Bowl Georgia State and Utah State. That's odds makers projected to have that as a close one with Utah State being favored by a point and a half. So it was interesting on my way in listening to our Vegas stats and information guys. And I can't imagine how crazy a lot of you sports bettors out there are getting because with a lot of the big games and players opting out, like this must be really, really difficult to try to even gauge how these teams are going to do because they look almost entirely different with all of, I mean, look at Dylan Gabriel, who is not at Oklahoma anymore, and <laughs> he is over at Oregon, but obviously cannot play. Bonix so far has not opted out, but their main running back has, who pretty much was a good key part of their offense. So I can't imagine being a sports better and you're just kind of like, but that's that's why you bet the games, I guess. <laughs> But listening to our VSIN guys, they were just like, oh, this is going on, but this guy is opting out, and I don't know, and this is, <laughs> nothing is going to be easy in this this bowl season. I typically tend to bet against the higher seed or the higher ranked team um, that, like, from the regular season when it comes to bowl season, unless it's the college football playoff. Yeah, obviously that one is going to be everyone's playing. So. But but otherwise, I expect top programs, top guys to sit out. Just we've been seeing it forever where it's smart for them to sit out better prospects for not getting injured later on. And it's not a foolproof process, but, you know, I don't know. I, I typically bet against those teams. So like Ohio State, they lost Kyle McCord. Al McCord wasn't great for them, if you ask Ohio State fans. If you ask Syracuse <laughs> fans, he's the best thing since 2006. Either way, he's not there for Ohio State's bowl game. What do they do there without a starting quarterback? Marvin Harrison Jr. not playing in that game. They play against, what, Missouri or something like that? No, yeah. Mississippi, Some, something. Either way, it's just... I don't know, bet against the the favorites typically because their best players are out in yeah. the top 10. Missouri. And see, you can already tell by the odds because all those guys aren't playing. Yeah. You have Ohio State only favored by half a point over Missouri. That's wild, actually. On the, on the Where if it was normal season time, it would probably be like a double-digit type of spread. I yeah. mean, Mizu usually has a pretty good defense. But if yeah, Ohio they're State respectable. Is, yeah, but if but, Ohio State has all their guys, you're definitely like looking at more than half a point in Ohio State's favor. But nonetheless, hope to see you guys out at the Clarence C.C. Ching Athletics Complex for the easy post-Hawaii Bowl between San Jose State and Coastal Carolina. Again, 5.30 p.m. is game time. Okay, we'll be, we're going to step aside and we'll be back to talk some NFL. Bum, bum, bum. When we come back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760.
Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. Kule Agbayani and Paul Brecht. Happy Aloha Friday. Happy final work day, or for some of us, work day of the week leading into Christmas. That will be on Monday. And special shout out to some of the beautifulest of all the beautiful people that I got to see last night that still listen to the show. They're so cute because, uh, yeah, they were just telling me, um, Delvin and Anella, shout out to you guys. I love seeing you guys last night at the game, but they <laughs> they said, oh, we love listening still to your podcast. I was like, oh, you guys still listen? And they were like, yes, we're, we're part of the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. I was like, yes, you are. Uh, if they know so, that, they absolutely are. <laughs> yeah. So it was so nice to see them. I haven't seen them in maybe like over a year it's like it's crazy so hello to you guys um got to give you a shout out on the show and hope to see you guys within this next year hopefully don't be strangers please Uh (laughs) less of a break this time yes yes but no it's so nice to to see good friends that you haven't seen in a while and of course that say that they listen to the show so that's why all of you listening right now are the beautiful list of all the beautiful people except Al. <laughs> Except he was he was a beautiful person earlier this earlier week. this week. So <laughs> he saved us from the Grinch. Shout, shout out him for earlier this week. <laughs> All right, and the beautiful thing that we get this weekend is a lot of NFL football, including three games on Christmas Day. So that'll be exciting just to kind of get you where we are so far. And one game that is going to be, you're going to hear it like. All the time. <laughs> Possible Super Bowl matchup. <laughs> Jets Commanders, baby. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going for. 32nd ranked defense for 32nd ranked offense, oh. by the way. You know who will watch that game? Don't. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, so looking at the playoffs, the there are currently four teams that have clinched playoff spots. The Ravens are the lone team on the AFC side that have clinched a playoff spot. On the NFC side, you have the Niners, Cowboys, and Eagles all clinching only playoff spots, of course, and they play out the next couple of weeks to see who essentially uh, will get that home field advantage as the Niners are at 11-3. and Cowboys, Eagles are sitting at 10-4. and In the hunt on the NFC side, you got the Lions, first place in the NFC North, anyone but the Packers, so it's all good. Uh, <laughs> the Buccaneers, the Rams, and the Vikings would run, round out the playoffs if it ended today. On the other side in the AFC, so we mentioned the Ravens have already clinched, followed by the the Dolphins, the Chiefs, which will be interesting to see Patrick Mahomes not have that home field advantage in the playoffs. Uh, The Jags, Browns, Bengals, surprisingly, and the Colts. On the bubble, a lot of teams, including the Bears, but we're all the way at like 13th being on the bubble, so we won't get our hopes up too much, but it's okay. I believe like 30 of... There are like 29 teams yeah. who are playoff eligible still. Including the potential Super Bowl matchup between the Jets and Commanders. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Too soon. I hate them. They have so actually, much. those teams along with the Titans, Cardinals, Panthers, and Patriots are all officially eliminated from the playoff. We are alluding to the Ravens and 49ers playing, by the way. That is the true Super Bowl yeah. matchup. In case you kind of got preview. lost in the sauce there. Um, I know you know it may be tough to to tell we're not actually <laughs> talking about Jets commanders. But but no, that one's going to be a lot of fun, especially because you, you mentioned it. The two top seeds in each of the conferences, respectively, with the Ravens sitting at 11-3 and, and the Niners at 11-3, and three, 
each of them the only three lost teams remaining. The Eagles obviously going through a rough stretch currently. The Cowboys a little bit of an up-and-down fluctuation the last few weeks. And it's going to be those two on Christmas as the standalone game, and that's pretty awesome. Well, uh, the standalone game at night, I should say, on the East Coast. At least everyone, all the... Ravens or maybe NFL fans in general because just as a pure football fan I'm looking forward to that matchup but hopefully you know because morning time is when you got to open the presents and take care of the kids and whatnot so at least 315 is kickoff of that game so hopefully all of the adults out, out there get to get you know finish their Christmas obligations and be able and to enjoy the game. And then they can start to have the eggnog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the eggnog, exactly. But the Niners, so they are at San Francisco, and the Niners are actually favored by five and a half, which to me is a little surprising. I thought this was going to be one of those pick games, a.k.a. like the Niners are favored by a field goal, because the Ravens are just, I mean, they too, though, are a team that Sometimes you don't know what to expect, but I feel like of late they've been playing really, really good football. When you look at the futures market, the Niners are still the favorite to win the Super Bowl at plus 220, followed by the Ravens at plus 550. The Chiefs are sitting at plus 650, and the Dolphins and Eagles are 8-1 to one, uh, shorts to win the Super Bowl this year, as we've seen the Chiefs at the top for a majority of the season, and now it has flip-flopped to the Niners and the Ravens. So that's another reason why Sunday afternoon's game is a really, really big deal in terms of what it could mean, how we can see these teams play. And shout out to Brock Purdy, man. Like he just, it's like the quarterback they never knew that they needed or expected, but he does his job. Yes, he's surrounded by very, very good players and Christian McCaffrey, of course. But hey, the point is to get the ball in the hands of the people that can do things with it and not make any mistakes. So Brock Purdy has been like the savior that you never expected for the San Francisco 49ers. I'm not going to ever bash a guy for doing his job. Yeah. That's the that's the biggest thing is people are sitting here. He's like, oh, system guy, system guy. Here's the fact of the matter. People fail in that system all the time. Mm-hmm. He's putting up MV- He's putting up semi-MVP numbers in today's league. Um, the MVP award is not what it used to be. It's yeah. the quarterback award. Yeah. And we can have a whole discussion on that some other time. But Brock Purdy has been exactly what the Niners need him to be, to be a elite program team roster unit. Yeah. And... and they score points. Somebody's got to get the ball to those guys, mm-hmm. and he does it the best of the the guys on their roster. Shout out Sam Darnold, former Jet, though. <laughs> I mean, because that's the thing, right? I don't know where what happened in recent years, but like people expect that you're only you can only be considered a good quarterback if you're Patrick Mahomes like talent, so, which is so like Patrick Mahomes is rare. Like we're only this is like the only time we'll probably see him for or this type of player in a while. Yes, we make references to Caleb Williams, but he's still not proven. He's not in this league yet. Patrick Mahomes is different. Lamar Jackson is also one that hey, th- like they are the upper echelon in terms of yes, they can by themselves 
make people around them better and win games. But for the most part, it is a team sport at the end of the day. And you have quarterbacks like Brock Purdy and like Tua Tango Vailoa that essentially are doing their job. Like you they said. They play point guard. Yeah. And they're really, really good at it. Like and we talk about Jovan. Hey, it doesn't have like that many points in scoring, but a, he he's dishing out the ball and no turnovers. That's exactly that lines up perfectly in the football world where don't turn over the ball. Get it into the hands of the guys that you need to. And maybe this is because we were root for two teams who are perennial losers yeah. recently. But at the end of the day, those two teams are winning games, right? And I know this was originally about Brock Purdy, but you bring up Tua Tungavailoa as well, right? And at everybody wants to levy this criticism. And at the end of the day, they are doing their job. They are winning games. Mm -hmm. They are distributing the ball to their playmakers, the guys who are paid a ton of money to make plays, and they're doing what's asked of them so that their team can be in a better spot down the line. More players and more people should work like that, and they would see more success in their life. Yeah, and actually to throw in a MMA reference, Conor McGregor, and it, it kind of relates to Tua and this whole Tyreek Hill situation where Conor had said... uh Speed beats power and timing beats speed. And that's exactly what Tua is doing. Tyreek Hill, you got to hit the man. Like he gets open 100% and obviously picks up a lot, a lot of yards after catch. But to get that timing down to hit that type of receiver, and obviously he has Jalen Waddle as well, that's a big thing that I think somehow is getting lost because he's not moving around like a Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson. And I don't blame him for getting a little testy on the podium because every, like, when you're doing your job and you're doing it at the elite level and your team, like you said, your team is winning, They're, the Dolphins are 10-4 and four right now, 6-1 and one at home. And people are still like, eh, Tua wouldn't, Tua wouldn't be that good if, you know, they didn't have Tyreek Hill. Well, to, 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 to pour salt on the wound for uh, Paul over here, without Tyreek Hill, Tua and the Miami Dolphins offense lit up a top, two defense in the league in the New York Jets. So I, if, if that doesn't say that Tua can do his thing, I don't know what does. My thing is, at the end of the day, he does have Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's the biggest thing. I, I, I don't understand the, oh, if this was the case, then he wouldn't be as good. Yeah, if he didn't have a top five player in the sport, he wouldn't be as good. That is true for every yeah. single team Everywhere. Say, hmm, if you took the best player off of this roster, they wouldn't be as good. They would look worse. They would do this. Yeah, but guess what? That is not reality. That's why it drives me so crazy. I'm like, we are making up hypotheticals so we can tear people down yeah. just an or analyze what is in front of you like look at the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes you have not so great receivers anymore and Kadarius Tony who I don't know oh where he Lord. is half the time and now he all of a sudden he is half the all time. of a sudden you are not having this home field advantage talk in the playoffs and that's been the difference and that's how Patrick Mahomes is getting frustrated so naturally uh I know I'm we're like preaching to the people that actually do support Tua but if you've been on social media it just gets annoying because I just and I make the joke but maybe it's true maybe they just get angry that they can't say his name correctly so that's why they're like it just <laughs> feels so lazy yeah. like it's such a lazy thing to make hypotheticals to try and tear him down because at the end of the day he's been good he is good 
he will continue to be good as He's long as healthy. he healthy. Right. As long as he is healthy, he will continue to be good. Just focus on that. It's it is incredible how much people think negativity sells. Yeah. Either way, it'll be a good game on Sunday as the Dolphins and Cowboys oddsmakers have this one really really close. Again, Miami is playing is the home team and they're only favored by a point against this Dallas Cowboys squad that are sitting both so both teams 10 and 4. Dallas on the other hand is 3 and 4 away at away record and then Miami is 6 and 1 at home again our broadcast here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network begins at 10:45 game time is at 11:25 and you can watch it on Fox so those are probably between that game and of course the Ravens 49ers game on Monday afternoon are probably the two games that I'm very much looking forward to this weekend 100% all right when we come back we're going to wrap it up with a little fun and get you some of our favorite Christmas movies of the squad. And I didn't get to tell you that other funny Christmas story that happened when I was a kid that you'll probably get a kick out of. But yeah, Christmas movies. Also, some of your sports Christmas wishes that we posted on social media. So we'll have some fun to wrap up the show as we get geared up for Christmas weekend. We'll be back on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. is the thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Had to end our Christmas week with that perfect song right there. Shout out to our Kyle Galdera and his late father, Lyle Galdera, carrying on the tradition when they were up in uh, Portland. All right. So getting to some Christmas fun here. Uh, so I put out like a this, this was a while ago, actually, like maybe 10 days ago uh, on our Twitter platform, just having people fill in the blank with their with a sports reference. And I said, all I want for Christmas is blank. <laughs> of course, our Alan Mia put. Artie and the whole front office of the Angels to go away, far, far, far away. To the moon. (laughs) To the moon. Uh, I have my friend Donald Mahoy over on Maui say a 49ers Super Bowl victory. I'm sure that's the common sentiment about Ch- all oh, Donald, yeah. guest on this show before, too. Yeah, so uh, that explains it. And... Oh, we have we have Dara Young, not as ambitious, but just going for the NFC East championship for the boys. <laughs> like no Super Bowl, huh, Dara? Just uh, just starting just, slow. I like it. Okay, okay. Just want to get into the Super Bowl. Momentum. At least. All right, all right. Uh, Scott Robs again. This was ten years or ten years, ten days ago. So he posted Shohei. Oh wait, too late. LOL. So and then this, I think I posted this. This was maybe like a day after the Shohei Otani news broke that he was going over to the Dodgers. Scott Robs is a San Francisco Giants fan. Uh, Let's see. We have our guy Matthew Vasconcelos. He said another Diamond Head Classic Championship. That's definitely what I want. So Hawaii starting off as they needed to, winning the first game. So we'll see them tonight in the semifinals. Uh, Another pro, Karen, also posted Hanaho for another Diamond Head Classic win. Our friends at HPU posted for Shark Nation to pack the shark tank at and win the Hoops in Hawaii class or pack the shark tank this Sunday. Again, this was before it was their first game in the Hoops in Hawaii Classic. And hey, it was pretty packed out there where Paul Brecht was. And they won a couple of games in that as well. Uh, Dave says a billionaire to help UH Athletics. 
<laughs> I think we all want that. That would say, be nice. <laughs> a lot that, of people that, are. That's uh, in all our Christmas wishes and hopefully to, to get. Uh, Gary said a real stadium is his Christmas wish. Also Another a lot one of people would agree with is that. Is what we're hoping for. All right. Going over to some of the Christmas or favorite Christmas movies of our team. Paul over here had National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Had Polar to. Express, and The Grinch, Jim Carrey version. So it's funny because I, uh, I also asked our team to say whether or not they think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And Paul Breck says yes. I, too, say yes. Our guy, our newest member, Michael Lescaro, said uh, he had just watched Die Hard. I had him watch it this week if he had time, and he did. And he texted me. He's like, it's not a Christmas movie. Ooh. He's the same as our Alan Mia. where He, he really it, does balance it out. It happens, it happens during Christmas time, but that doesn't make it a Christmas movie. So Michael and Alan share the same sentiment. Uh, I just think it's funny to call it a Christmas movie. Our guy, Darnell Arsenal, there always has to be one. I asked him what his favorite Christmas movies are. He says Braveheart, Friday, and John Wick one. I love that. That's funny. <laughs> and that I, so I was funny. like, Christmas movies? Because question mark, like I wasn't sure if he thought I meant like just favorite movies in general. And then he said yes. So I'm like, okay, that's what we're going and with. his favorite movies to watch on Christmas. <laughs> See, John Wick one is kind of like a diehard one where it's like, Fair. it's the action movie that ta- that has a little Christmassy in it but so i was listening I was, to the, the other ones i'm like i don't know i was listening to the new heights pod and the most recent one they actually went over this as well asking if die hard was a christmas movie and they both said no they said no way that it's a christmas movie and if it was then there were they listed off a couple of other examples and said that they were also christmas movies and to them i say I respectfully disagree, and yeah. I'd like to hear your girlfriend and wife's uh, opinions instead. Yeah, that would be that would be so funny if like Taylor Swift. Imagine they both said the <laughs> opposite. Like, yeah, I love Die Hard. It's totally <laughs> a Christmas movie. Can you imagine her saying that? Like totally opposite of. I don't know. Like, that like feels like it'd fit in because yeah. Taylor. We've seen, especially as she's gone to more and more football games and gotten the airtime of not being Taylor Swift, the performer, and instead just being. Taylor Swift, the partner, and exist. She's just like us. She she screams. Yeah. She screams at football too. So maybe maybe she does enjoy herself <laughs> some just die screams, hard. But you know, drop some expletives while she's screaming. Where you could that you like could I said, she's lips, just like just us. Just like us. <laughs> uh, speaking of our Alan Mia too. Again, we mentioned he said no to Die Hard, but he had a funny list of. Uh, his favorite Christmas movies, Home Alone, which was kind of common amongst a lot of us, including myself. I haven't decided if I like Home Alone or Home Alone, uh, Home Alone one or two better. But Alan said Home Alone, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, and <laughs> I like this one. Any Hallmark movie in June. That's <laughs> like, that's so true. But I can't actually picture Alan watching a Hallmark movie. Um, uh, we'll need we'll need evidence at some point. We've got. Olivia, one of the younger ones, like our Paul Brecht here, she said, "This Christmas, Elf, and Mickey Mouse Once Upon a Christmas." I was like, "That's so oh, that's fun, so cute." It just, I like the diversity amongst yeah. our team because nobody is really saying like a full same list. Yeah, mine is Home Alone again, undecided. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, the I think it was nineties 
ish the one with the Matilda act- actress in it um and what this is a movie that I told everyone and they're like what movie is that it's called a mom for Christmas it's also a 90s movie I think it was actually released in 1990 and it has Olivia Newton-John and it's 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 a good movie. Like I advise everyone to go. It's actually on YouTube. I tried to Google it to see if it was streaming everywhere anywhere, and it's actually on YouTube, so you can get it for free. So I'd recommend a mom for Christmas for anyone that has not seen that. But, anyways, funny story. Last thirty seconds, my Christmas story when I was a kid. Um, this is how I was mischievous as a kid. Parents were taking a nap. I drag a Christmas present into my room. I open it. I play with it. It's like a Barbie doll set that you put in the water. And I wrap it back up and put it back under the Christmas tree, thinking that I did exactly the type of wrapping job that my mom did, but she knew. <laughs> did not pull a fast but one on Ma. That's how mischievous I was sometimes as a kid. I don't know. I got a little crazy. But hope you guys have a great Christmas. But we got to go for Paul. I'm Kool-Aid. Mahalo for listening. Bye.